0: Netflix presents Inside Joke Space Force I'm your host Jimmy O. Yang Check out those BWAM sites and don't forget your birthday gift for the POTUS And let's go Inside Space Force Welcome to the episode Today we're talking about episode 106 The Spy of Netflix's Space Force Written by Asia Lachey-Bullock and Connor Hines And directed by the great D Reese. Flying high after his war game win, General Nair comes crashing back to reality when he learns there may be a spy in Space Force, and Tony recruits Chan for a special task.
1: It is POTUS's birthday and he wants something special from Space Force. Is this official business? Not exactly, but when we deliver something cool and spacey for the big guy's big day, you my friend will get the gratitude of a grateful president. Can you imagine how proud your parents would be over in uh, Mongolia? Baltimore.
0: Our guests today are Ben Schwartz, who of course plays F. Tony Scarapaducci, and our wonderful production designer, Susie Mancini. Welcome, guys. Hi. Hi, Jamie. Thank you for having us. Thanks for uh, letting me bother you guys for the next hour or so. Um, ben, how was it, first of all, working with Greg on Parks and Rec? Um, and then how is it now? And then how did you guys make it very different from John?
1: Sure. So in Parks and Rec, I don't think I ever met greg because i I was like a guest star and i did 21 episodes and i I, for some reason in parks i was never in table reads i think it was because i was like always doing a different show whether it was undercovers or house of lies but Ah. um and then i think it just became a thing that just let him go on the day and see what happens um so I, i maybe met greg once at like a rap party uh so and i was a huge fan of greg i am a nerd for comedy writers and he wrote for I think not necessarily the news, and then SNL, then uh, and then you know Simpsons. the Office, the Simpsons. He wrote some of the best Simpsons episodes ever. Yes, and, yes. Um, and so then he wrote Parks with uh, Mike, and then so for me, I like could not. I was I was so nervous meeting him, and so excited to meet him because I was such a fan of his work. Um, and then that was it. Then, then um, when we were there, some of the things we did were like, "Hey, let's cut your hair so it's not insane." Let's. I was like, "Oh, maybe I wear Jordans every episode because I just want to be comfortable." <laughs> yeah, and that's what you wear in, in in life. You're a big Jordan fan. Yeah, yeah I, and also I was like, "Oh, I could get my sneaker collection like amazing." If I tell them my character always wears Jordans, my sneaker collection will be. Amazing. Like, if I told Susie, hey, my office should have a Peloton and a, and then ask if I could take them all afterwards.
2: <laughs> I would have done um, Yeah.
1: But like, so then he's like, you know, that's too much like John Ralphfield. Let's put him in shoes and let's, and let's make sure, like, let's ground him with all these human things and make him learn and grow throughout the season. So that was mm. one of the biggest things that we did.
0: And the suit and tie idea came from that, right?
1: Yeah. Instead of wearing crazy outfits and instead of wearing crazy ties, he kind of like, they love the idea that there's military and there's scientists and F. Tony doesn't belong to either group. He's just there. Yeah. Like he, it's so weird that he's there. And he so how does he do? He wants to like express himself and show himself like that he's an individual and all that stuff, but doesn't wanna step on any toes because this is his like last shot. The way we're talking about it is that he might have gotten just fired from American Apparel or something. This is the only chance he's got at keeping this job alive. And the way that I always thought about it, which Jimmy, you and I talked about uh, with a group of people, was that I feel like everybody's very good at their job. They're just overwhelmed with their position. Like mm-hmm. F. Tony's a good media manager, but he is so out of debt. Like he's he, he, he's drowning in the idea that when he makes a mistake, it could affect the government and real things and stuff like that. And real lives. Yeah, Yeah, man. Yeah, so, and,
0: yeah. and the F. Tony character, it's such a fun character. I auditioned for the F. Tony character too. Those are the only sides... I read. Is that true? I oh you didn't know this. I never read for Chan. I read for F Tony. No way. And yeah, how weird is that? And 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 I went in totally dressed like a social media manager would, I guess, or my imagination, oh, like a that's like amazing. a very deep cut V neck with like a chain and everything. Um, but it was such a fun part to read for because you can just kind of let go and play. But at the same time, I think. I, I, I don't know if you had this thought, but for me, the most challenging part when I was auditioning for F. Tony was to ground this character, make sure he doesn't become like a cartoon.
1: Yeah, and that's, a, that's the biggest thing because John Ralph, slowly becomes a cartoon because he's a guest star and that's kind of his role to jump in there and, you know, like think about Silicon Valley. You had these huge, beautiful laughs. Mm-hmm. Um, although your character had huge growth, by the way, in Silicon Valley. <laughs> yeah, he kind of took a turn and became very, very uh,
0: uh, evil at the end. Yeah,
1: but like let's say the first couple of seasons when you're in that, you, you're trying to like, when you get in there, you try to score, you try to, you know, make people laugh, you right. try to show that you want to be in it as much as possible, so... um uh, but John Ralphio, the way that his character was designed was that he always thought he was nailing it and he never doubted himself. He always thought he was, like, with, he was never being mean. He When he was talking to women, he thought he was impressing everybody. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I think there's that. And then this one, I think F. Tony starts off, uh, and you kind of learn about his morals as things go when the stakes get higher and stuff like that. And, uh, so the, the aspect of like grounding him a little bit and making sure that he knows their repercussions for when he does something, John Ralphio didn't understand that ever. Like if he did something, he never knew that something like he couldn't understand. Even when he gets run over by a car, yeah. it's a good thing. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. T- Tony has a little more humanity and a little more awareness, yeah. which is, which is very cool for this yeah. big character. And uh, I think it worked out perfectly. It would have been weird
1: if I played F. Tony and you played Chan. That would have been really weird. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I would love to see that show. Make Susie (laughs) Susie Steve Carell's character. I'd watch that in a second. We should do a Twilight
0: Zone episode. Um, yep. So we're talking about uh, you know meeting Greg and stuff, and I didn't meet Greg until I got on the show. And Susie, uh, we're talking to Greg episode one of this podcast, and he said he met you on the set of Dollface, was that right? And and that's how he discovered you and and got you on this show.
2: Yes, uh, I was working on Dollface, and I am a like Ben mega fan of Greg since a very long time.
0: By the way, guys, we don't have to say that. He's probably not going to listen to this, so we don't <laughs> <Okay>. have to. <laughs>
2: Thank God. <laughs> uh, no, I really love his work. I'm one of those huge f- uh, nerds of The Office. I've watched it for years. So I know it by heart uh-huh. and Parks and Recs, and whatever else he's done. So anyway, I was on Dollface, and it uh, was one of the last days of shooting. I was a monitor and I was talking with the showrunner and the creator of the show. And they were saying that Uh, Greg announced a new show Space Force and I got super excited like oh my god can't wait to see this show and I was like oh they still have to do it I was like okay so I'm gonna have to wait a little bit anyway like last thing I was thinking about is that I was going to be part of it it was like I can't wait Mm -hmm. to watch the show that's the end of it and then the creator and the showrunner of Dollface they both know Greg very well and they texted him without saying a word to mm. and then four oh, minutes wow. later i got a text from greg daniels saying hey i'm greg daniels uh i am working on my new show and i'm looking for production designer are you interested in having coffee i started oh, wow. i already teared up and i thought it was a joke oh. and because the, the jordan and ira the creator and the showrunner they've been super nice and they thought I had the chance and I, I, I need to meet him. So they really pushed me for it. So I showed up at this coffee with him the next day, empty they didn't even have my portfolio, zero and super nervous we have coffee were together. you trying
0: to pretend like you, you don't you don't know like yeah 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 office no, no i like that I, show yeah, i it was, was
2: super i told him was like man we sat down i spilled the half a liter of coffee on his shoes right off the bed. oh no yes <laughs> just to kill the tension and then i was like okay so <laughs> i i'm never gonna get this job <laughs> i guess be honest but doesn't matter. I'm having coffee with you, and that's all that matters. Like I just, I'm just here to have breakfast. Let's not mm-hmm. even talk about the show because I'm never. You can have any designer you want. So let's just. Mm-hmm.
1: Susie, so so I know what it's like to be a writer and an actor going in to meet somebody. How does? What do you do in a meeting like that? What what is? This, so what does a production designer do to sell themselves? Yeah, um, great question. Uh, for like how how so how do you think that you? What do you think helped you get that job outside of your previous work? What did you say well, or what did you do generally?
2: production centers bring like a portfolio so you have like nice printouts of your work what you've done and uh, so that's a good start i didn't have any of that
0: <laughs> why didn't uh, you bring your portfolio because, because you honestly think it i was don't a-
2: even have a pro- like i have something but like it uh you work like i work with my mdb or like it's mouth to mouth so like uh-huh. you know, i worked with me like you and then i have an agency and so they find you know they hook you up with meetings and then if it ah. works out so there is like You definitely have to have the skill set that the director or the writer or producer is looking for in the designer. So there are designers that are really good in something. And so if you go in for a sci-fi project and you've done tons of sci-fi, they know that you're the guy for the job. Mm -hmm. And then there is like a chemistry part uh, of Mm -hmm. it as well. So if you start, if you have a coffee with someone and you hate each other, then maybe it's not a good fit because you're going to have to spend a really big amount of time together. So... It's good or better if you guys get along, mm-hmm. but there isn't like a, a formula. It's just um, you get to know each other and you definitely talk about your previous work. And because I was shooting this show, which was a pretty heavy uh, show in terms of set de- like of set design, we had like a lot of large doll face. You're set. talking yes. about yes, yeah, mm-hmm. and so we met over coffee. I didn't have anything, and I really. This was like a huge deal for me. It was like, I'm meeting Greg Daniels He wants to meet me to talk about his show. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. So I didn't, I really just went in for breakfast and uh, we talked about everything but work for a very long time. And uh, I asked him a million questions and it was really great. And then uh, it was like, okay, so my idea for the show is this and that. We spoke about the show for like probably 30 seconds. And I gave him my idea after his speech of 30 seconds. I said, okay, so I would do something like this. And he was like, okay, I like that. Why don't you send me some ideas? This, let's say, was a Friday. And on Monday, I sent him a presentation of like 60 pages of ideas. Wow. whoa and uh yeah and you then, put that together over the weekend 60 pages oh, of man. space Boys it was ideas a, for greg daniels and steve carell show i locked myself in i probably didn't even eat for two days i just put stuff together and then uh, so what
0: was in that initial deck the 60 pager
2: i just uh it was just images off of google so do not expect anything crazy but like it was just whatever i could find that to me kind of created a vision of the world that he was going to create. So I invent, like in my mind, there was like a underground tunnel that would lead you from like a small gate into the real, like the, the entrance was underground. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. But the idea was always to use the brutalist architecture that to me was fitting for the show and the environment and uh, lots of details from the logo of stuff and the color palette and the, uh, a general idea of what the world would look like, his house, the way I was envisioning him.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: uh, so that was a Monday. On Tuesday, he came to see my sets on Dollface and on Wednesday he hired me. So it happened in like five days. That's amazing.
0: Wow, that that's really cool. And it's such a big show. Yeah. of a uh, new branch of american military and there's i guess really no reference because the real space force is it, it's not like we can go toward the real space no force i shit yet. my
2: pants guys for like three months <laughs> <laughs> seriously not even joking me and my entire team then would say it. like that was our uh phrase for the entire show like shit your pants are you shitting your pants <laughs>
1: Susie, I, re- I remember when we, we we had just got hired and they said, hey, and Greg goes, do you want us to take a tour of the sets? And we're like, yeah. And fucking, it's like, you guys had so little time. Because I remember us walking around mm-hmm. and you're like – building as quick as you can. Do you remember the very beginning? I remember they showed us a tour and I think we met you and you're like, yeah, we're, we got it. we're working our hardest. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah, going yeah. For yeah. It. After yeah. the table read, right? Yeah. Yes, that was it. Ted Sarandos was
0: there and everything. Like I yeah. was nervous as hell myself. And then Susie showed us uh, the Space Force headquarters, which is on the studio, and then the Lunar Habitat. It was, it was it was pretty incredible. How long did it take to build the um, headquarters?
2: Uh, we started in August, like first week of August. And we were ready. What, we started should have, what, mid-September? And mm-hmm. so, like, yeah, a month and a half.
0: That's amazing That's to insane. build that. And everything was pretty practical. But we had, like,
2: hundreds of people.
0: Yeah, it um, was pretty practical. Those stairs and uh, every room inside of that thing.
2: Yeah, and no, the uh, construction guys were great. The... They were like really experienced. These are people that have worked in the industry for like 40, 50 years. They've done every movie mm-hmm. you can think of from the Goonies. Like our oh, co- construction wow. coordinator was the construction coordinator of the Goonies. And he's oh worked- my, wow. I didn't know that. Ever since. That's amazing. Yes.
0: Did they build the cave in the Goonies? Yes. Like, how was, that? Was, was that, <laughs> that was, oh my God, that was on a set?
2: Yeah, parts of it, you know, you, That's you make some cool. match.
1: That's unbelievable. By the way, anytime we start talking about the different roles that people play, you slowly find out that we grab, like, the best people in the (laughs) industry to do this show. For sure. Uh, Including you, Ben Schwartz. What a transition, Jimmy. Let's see what you do with it. (laughs) Uh, So, I think this is one of my favorite
0: episodes uh, so far. Um, 106. It was so fun to kind of get to play with you, kind of go Still within work, but outside of the character of of playing with my bosses on Mallory and uh, Steve... it was just so great. And, and I think uh, the scenes in the lab, which uh, big ups to Susie, uh, you know, in, in the Toyota labs, that was, that was so interesting. And it's just so fun to get to kind of hang out with you because uh, I've heard so much about you. I've, of course, worked with your partner, Thomas, mm-hmm. uh, romantic partner, Thomas. Um, <laughs> yes, my romantic partner. For Thomas many years on Silicon Valley. And I heard so much about you, but I've never met
1: you prior to the show. Yeah, I don't think we had, right? I think the the first time we met is we both did a video game thing right before this, and that was like the first time that we met. Do you remember that? Sh- shout out to Ghost Recon.
0: <laughs> we did that. You're Hashtag so Ed. right. You're so that was the right. First
1: time, that was the first time I met you, and I was because like, oh, we're going to be fine.
0: We did not even, aside from the table read, we didn't meet each other, and then we just ended up going to play a video game together. Yeah, I'm pretty sure only because Thomas couldn't make it that day, and I was still shooting. we were still shooting Silicon Valley, and I s- snuck out a set early. And the next thing you know, we we're doing this scene together. which um, was so
1: this the one where the president needs a uh, wh- yeah? The president the president needs, needs, needs a birthday a, yeah. gift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I love that. There was so much fun shit for us to play in on that.
0: Yeah, and 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 we get to improvise a lot, which uh, sometimes in a big launch room scene you don't get to do. Uh Some of the stuff stayed. Uh, There's some stuff that I really loved that didn't stay was um, when we're pitching each other
1: ideas and you got like x-ray shoes or something, x-ray glasses. We, I remember that especially. D let us really go nuts a couple times where we're just like, all right, go. And like we would just keep saying crazy shit. And I was like, oh, and it felt really funny. But I bet if you watch it back, it's like so long. We said so much stuff. But I remember watching that being like, oh, I wonder what made it. And it basically is what – It's basically what was in the script, I think. A little bit different, basically. But that was a really fun one to play with. That even got us to be like, that that helped us, I think, um, just even improvising, uh, it just helped us become more, give us more chemistry. And Mm -hmm. then in the end, there's that little beat at the end where we get to be like, almost like, you know, two good friends, like saying, did we do a good job? And I love that beat.
0: I love that. It was a full arc. In the beginning, I don't even want to look at you when you come into my work. Right. And then we started kind of having fun pitching to the sec dev. That was really fun. And so then at, fun. At the end, that sweet little gesture uh, uh, of giving you that and and that scene, they kind of let it let us make it up. It was real real, real cool on that.
1: It was great, yeah. Because the thing that I loved uh, that Susie will will understand because she watched every episode of The Office is like when Michael Scott would be crazy, whatever, and then but then show up for like Pam's art show. Yes, um, mm-hmm. I, yes. I love that stuff. I was like, oh, and so Greg is so good at that. I forget if I had, I don't remember how the idea came about, but I remember being like, it's really good to see Tony be real and take away the bullshit for a little bit. Um, And that he like, because he, they did do a good job. They did such a good job that the person stole it. They didn't get any credit for it, but they did something well. You know, I always talk about how these guys are good at their jobs. They're just overwhelmed. But it's like, that was a good example. They did a, they picked the perfect present. And yeah. then they got screwed in the end, and I was like, "Oh!" And so is them. That moment afterwards, being like, "Hey, we did something great," and then it, it was great. I love that moment. And there's
0: something about the combo. I I always thought because Chan is so like you know, uh, uh, like like straight, you know, and and then Tony yeah. really brings him out of the shell. So he probably really had fun too, you know. Even though at first he doesn't want to, you know, how a friend tries to get you to go out, you don't want to go, and then you end up going out and you have the best time. It's a that, great that, example. That's yeah. how all, that episode. Felt like, and um, Ben, I know we talked about this, one of your favorite scenes. Uh, it, it's, not, it's not one of ours, not one of yours. Uh, it's oh. one with Don Lake being It is being one of in- the
1: best scenes in the show. Susie, do you remember that scene where he gets interrogated? So like they go, okay, they interview Chan first, and Chan's like, oh, I'm yeah, not the spy, yeah. what are you doing? Well, Canada? Yes, and then they go, and then they go. (laughs) So good. Man, I I remember watching that scene. I watched it and rewound it and watched it again, which I never do. And I was like, this is so, I just thought Don Lake is so funny in it. He's so funny in it.
2: Yeah, he's great. You guys, um, probably that episode and the two of you together, it's one of my favorite, some of my favorite parts. And there isn't Uh, enough uh, of the two of you together. I really liked it. Oh,
1: it was super thanks, fun yeah
2: Susie. super
0: fun Susie. what Susie, what was the inspiration for the headquarter because um now remembering the scene where me and ben are pitching to the sec def, that is a practical set right across from uh mm-hmm. the launch room and i remember the lights the ceiling bulbs the entire ceiling are covered in these bulbs and it's so hot. amazingly beautiful <laughs> yeah hot and then uh um There's also like these great, like kind of mid-century furniture. Correct me if I'm wrong. There's some Eames office Yeah. So what were the inspirations for all that?
2: Um, So the inspiration is for the architecture is brutalism, uh, which Hmm. is this heavy, like straight lines, very concrete and glass and wood and iron. These are the the elements of this architecture. And then it goes really well with mid-century, the same time period. So they are married together and... um, it's either mid-century or minimalism. Mm.
0: Is the brutalism uh, architecture inspired by air forces you visited or other launch space? Like, cause I know you guys went to SpaceX, right?
2: Yes, we went to SpaceX, which is everything but design It's like a, mm. a white box and it goes until the eye you can see. Mm. Um, wow. It's amazing, guys. It was super, super cool.
1: It's like an Apple product.
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's like the inside of an Apple product. Uh, yeah. But it's, um, no, we I, we learned so much and it was really good to go and get inspiration for like the real stuff. So this is what it really works. This is what they really do. This is what a real launch room looks like. So I got elements of realism and then we enhanced it with some design and the inspiration was always back to the coffee with Greg uh, in those 30 seconds he mentioned uh, Dr. Strangelove which made me the happiest person I have ever been because it's from a design standpoint, from a work standpoint, there's always been for many designers, I'm sure, but like it's an inspiration and Kubrick and uh, Ken Adams, which is his designer. They are incredibly cool. So I was like, okay, so we're not doing anything basic, but we're actually working some design into reality. And so that was always fun. So the, the roof, for example, every room has a different ceiling and it's Mm. always kind of light base. So there are like all those, um, um, you know, the light is casted from the fake sun. And so it cast all these shadows down everywhere we could. Mm. And uh, for that room, I wanted to do this, uh, ceiling made with those uh, headlights because it's, um, It's also Brutalista, like you can find it in some Brutalista buildings and it's always been a dream of mine. But because it would have melted uh, the actors underneath, it was a problem. Mm. But we found, you know, the good light bulbs, the gaffer. Did
1: you guys ever think of a F. Tony office? Was there ever an F. Tony office or what that would look like or no? Because it wasn't in the script. You don't have to think about it.
2: I'm sorry, Ben. (laughs) But if if it comes, uh, you know. I'm very
1: interested to see what my office is adorned with. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's great to see Mark's office. And in this episode, there's a couple other great settings. It's the Boeing hangar that's massive that we also saw in the uh, war episode, uh, the 105. And then one of the really interesting scenes was when the camera follows Brad into this empty room that's almost like the whiteness that as far as the eyes could see was that in the Toyota center also
2: yeah there was a underground uh, parking lot
0: that looked really cool
2: and uh, Greg wanted to use it as like you know they just moved in they're still working out the DIT room Mm. so he wanted to have the kind of this mist uh and by place that you don't really know what it is but there is a signage that tells you and then you kind of put two and two together but uh, I'm glad you guys put it together I hope everybody put it together
0: Oh it was, it was great I love that scene and and there, there's a couple pieces that, that I want to ask you about. Um, the art in the cafeteria which becomes mm. uh, uh, I guess a plot point um, or some kind of an emotional turn in, in a later episode with the four astronauts erecting the American flag
2: yeah with guns.
0: Yes. What was that about? Like, how how did that come about?
2: This is a great guy. I mean, I provide, you know, because I'm a fan of his previous work, so I know that he uses the surroundings in the comedy. So I proposed uh, to do something uh, in the in the realm of the Parks and Rec's, uh, mm-hmm. uh frescoes that are everywhere.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's
2: like, why don't we do, because the bar relief that are carved into marble or stone uh, or concrete, they are another element of the brutalist architecture. They do a lot of mm-hmm. these, like even massive walls, like in those, you know, as a bar relief. So it's like, I can make some spread around and they can tell stories or they can be like a joke or something that, actors can use and so i liked the idea so we concentrated them in the cafeteria and uh, uh, we discussed together what they could be so he wanted a, a moon landing one and he wanted the astronauts to be wearing guns so we i designed <laughs> it incredible. and then we had the sculpture coming in and the, we worked together wow. time. i would show him like what do you think of this so we would work so that you could really see the gun but also focus on the flag and then the other two, one is uh, uh, our solar system and each it's so good. Uh,
0: very cool has yeah. the
2: American flag on it. So each flag and it is being colonized by America. And then mm. the third Wait,
1: where is that one? I thought you were talking about the solar system where everything revolves around the earth. No, no, Th- these the the centerpiece. The not no, not that. Okay.
2: Oh uh, the the just the bar relief, those like sculpted bit large Oh uh, Yes, 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 yes. The, Hanging in the cafeteria, there is the one of the moon landing. And then on the two sides, smaller one. One is the solar system with each planet with the American flag.
1: Oh, my goodness. I didn't even notice that. That's very
0: cool.
2: And then the other one is the ISS station.
0: Oh, um I want to say cuz uh, usually like when Silicon Valley the series wrapped, you know, they asked us if we can keep certain things. I just want to call it right now when the yeah. series wrapped. Maybe 10, 20 years from now. I don't know. Maybe uh, who who knows. Uh, I need to I, I need that piece in my house. The 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 astronauts with guns putting up the flag. Is that a that, that's a one for one piece, right? There's no replica. Yeah, no,
2: that's a one for one and it's like uh it's sculpted on foam and then it's scenic painted and then covered with concrete and then scenic painted on it. It's, uh, it's it's really heavy, but I'm sure you can have it.
1: Ben. (laughs) Ben, what would you keep from the set? Oh man. I, you know, I take a prop from everything I've done. So the first season of Space Force already took two things. I've been asked the prop masters. What do you get? I have the badge because uh-huh. on the first day I said that F. Tony would never wear a badge. Uh, I was like, mm-hmm. hey. And then they're like, great. Uh, but I really did that because it was such a pain in the butt to clip it on every day. Yes. <laughs> so I was like, I don't want to deal with this. And they were like, so cool. Like, yeah, of course. Who cares? Like, he's not a military guy, so he probably doesn't whatever. And then they gave me a mug that said Space Force. Oh, that's cool. Uh, in terms – yeah. In terms of – um, what – what uh, I don't know yet. I'm not quite certain. Maybe There's the, so many – the massive
0: yeah. launch room screen? That thing is worth like oh, half a my million dollars. <laughs>
1: that has to be that has to be the most expensive thing in the whole thing, right?
2: I think so. Yeah.
1: It has to be. I'd probably get one of those moon one of the camos. I think I want a camo to. I want a camo it.
2: too. I want. I asked uh, to make the jackets for the rap party with the moon camo. Oh, that would have
1: been great. Yeah. That's what yeah, I they want. Didn't I want a moon listen. camo. No. no.
2: I'm not I'm not cool enough, guys. You're
0: very cool. You are the coolest. <laughs> uh, you measure coffee by the leader. And I you say, know you're already out It's a different- <laughs> It is the coolest thing ever.
2: I can talk about this forever, guys. It's something that I'm never gonna get over. The metric system and the leader system. So whenever you want, we can have this whole discussion of why anytime.
1: Should we be converting to, to metric or no?
2: What are you waiting for? That doesn't make any yeah. sense.
1: As a set designer. <laughs> Oh my God, that must be a
0: headache.
2: I don't even try. I just eyeball something and then I wait for someone to show up and tell <laughs> Wait, what wait
0: for is. the Goonies guy to come by. Yeah, I just it.
2: eyeball and I was then like, okay, so this is this much and three quarters. I was like, okay, I don't, want, I don't even wanna.
0: Susie, you do Celsius
1: or Fahrenheit? Celsius.
0: You Same. know she does
1: Celsius. How dare I've you, I've been in
0: this country since I was 13 and I still do Celsius. Fahrenheit means nothing to me.
2: I still don't, th- I ludicrous. really do not. My brain doesn't wanna get it. It's easy, like once you learn, uh, it's a.
0: Puzzle.
1: It's not Fahrenheit. Makes no sense. Okay, it's a weird, curvy, exponential scale. Susie's job literally revolves around getting things so perfect, so like to the to the millimeter perfect. And she'll be like, "Yeah, two two and three fourths." I don't know. I gotta go. I gotta get a cafe. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: exactly what I do. I make sure I have people that are really good at that. And uh, yeah, even my sketches. I'm not an architect, so I do a ton of sketches, but. They look terrible, but they give the message across. So right. I make sure that it's They understand. It. I was like, okay, great. Bye. Because <laughs> I don't know anything that is like really precise or not. I love it. But I can tell when something is off by the millimeter. Like my eye is really good.
0: Eyeball it. But Ooh. Um,
2: it's uh, I can't actually do it myself. It's well, it's a teamwork. You- I always say to everyone, I'm going to say it here too. All the nice stuff you guys say to me, it's really nice. And it goes off to my entire team of really great people because alone, it's nothing. Like you guys perform and it's you and the camera and that's all you need. It's your talent, it's your memory and it's uh, everything else that you bring on the table. For me, it's like I can have all these great ideas, but if I don't have a team of a hundred that can actually make it happen, then there. So all the credits, I always want to share them.
1: The thing that I learned when uh, uh, I directed something and had to hire a production designer, and by the way, I hired them through a website and basically looked at their pictures and then met her. And you're exactly right. It was because she was such a nice person and she was talented. I was like, this will be good. But mm-hmm. what I've learned is something that you had to do times 1,000 is it's not only that you have to be good at your job. You have to be a good leader and be able to control your entire group. Because there's so many people doing so many different things and you're like the head of the whole thing. So it's not even that you're incredible at the, your job, but you are. You're also, you were so good with everybody else that you pulled it off in zero time.
2: Oh, thank you guys. That means a lot. But yeah, it's it's a team effort. It's definitely, it's, I, I do nothing by myself. Not
1: for Jimmy. Yeah, no, I didn't do anything.
0: Uh, Jimmy's just him. It's all I love that's why I love doing stand-up. It's just me. Nobody can mess me up. Uh which kind of you know, uh, Ben, I always kind of want to talk to improvisers about this. And you are sure. a master improviser, middle ditch and schwartz. Uh a groundbreaking, you know, uh improvisation special. Which oh, I'm so please, jealous let's talk about
1: of. the Netflix special. Let's talk about the Netflix special on this podcast about a different <laughs> Netflix show. We and can't I, we can't
0: we cannot talk about my comedy special because
1: it's no, an sir, Amazon product. It doesn't exist, yeah. It does yeah. Not yeah, exist. yeah, I'm a pariah. Middle Mission Schwartz on Netflix is all the rage. But you guys really
0: hacked the formula uh, in, in the best way possible because a stand-up special would take 10 years to write one and then you have to work really hard, maybe come out with another one two years. Uh, people like Bill Burr that comes out once every two years or so, it's amazing to me and it takes so much writing. For you guys, you guys did three in one night, obviously it's tens to 20 years of training, but you guys can just keep cranking them out. That, that must feel amazing.
1: It's it's one of the ways that we sold the special. It was so hard to sell improv to, I mean, we pitched everywhere. We pitched Amazon, we pitched literally everywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, people would be very excited to work with Thomas Middleich and I, but they would not be, they go, but what's the show about? And we'd be like, well, we don't know. It's just gonna, we're gonna make it up. And they go, yeah, 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 but like, you have an idea. I'm like, no, we literally have no idea. They go, okay, what if we got some like famous people to like, I was like, no, it's just us. The whole thing is just us in an audience. And then um, it took a while. It took us touring and selling out like Carnegie Hall and stuff like that to get people to be like, "All right, let's let's give them a little bit and see what they can do." But um, the biggest pitch for us when we were going out was, "Listen, because uh, and and by the way, Susie will know this. If we're filming on a stage, we can rent out the stage for two nights, right? Mm-hmm. And then we're like, okay, that means we can get our crew in and have our crew for a certain amount of hours, so we don't use, so we have enough money to pay them." But if we can get if we could squeeze four shows in in the two nights that we rented the theater, then we just picked the best three. so it's like we, we did exactly what we could with the very limited amount of time and resources we had. We mm. just spent all of our money on cameras and stuff like that because we wanted to cover the hell out of it. We, we had nine cameras for our shows Dang.
0: Wow, yeah, yeah.
1: So one of the things
0: uh, that stand-ups have a hard time doing is listening, which is the most important thing in improv and a Mm -hmm. hugely important thing in acting, right? So a lot of uh, stand-ups cannot make the transition to acting because of listening. It seems like improv is such a natural segue into on-screen acting. Do you have any advice for, like, uh, young improvisers that want to get into TV? I
1: think, by the way, I think that's a great i think the biggest thing if imp- if you're doing uh improv for a while you learn the biggest thing is listening and reacting which is the biggest thing for you know one of the biggest things for acting as well you're listening yes. and reacting so even if you know the words uh you're still listening there's some actors the jeremy irons had this great i did this movie with jeremy irons and i think he's a genius i try to do movies with these people that i look up to just so i can hear them talk uh, so like right. jeremy irons i think is a genius and yes. he's like yeah there's two type of actors some that wear like they know their lines by heart and they know exactly where to go blocking wise. And he goes, and they're in like a big heavy metal suit, like a heavy like armor and they can kind of get to their mark and they could say their lines perfectly and they can get back out. He goes, but the best actors, the one that he loves the most are like the archers. They're wearing all leather. They're able to get down on their knees. They're Mm. not able to shoot from all these different places. They're able to roll with whatever's happening. And both actors can have great scenes, but he goes, the ones that I love to play with are those. And I feel like improvisers are those because- Even think about when you and I are doing that scene, whatever you say... I can't wait to make you look fucking funny. And I I like, because that's what an improviser does. You're like trying to make people look funny. And I can't wait to like build something with you together. So the second there's an idea that we're both going on, I'll just keep building with you and see where it goes. Which is amazing.
0: And it's such a a team sport also compared to stand-up. One thing that was very scary was stand-up. I've done these jokes a thousand times. I know that even if I'm tired, if I'm having an off night, if I'm drunk, if I just say these jokes, they're kind of going to work. You know, I have a They're safety funny. Net. They're
1: funny no matter what. I agree. Right, yeah, because it's battle-tested,
0: right? You don't have that with improv. You have to strip down that armor, like you're saying, and listen. And that was so freaking scary
1: for me. It is very scary. It's it's The scariest it was for me, outside of the beginning when I'm terrified because I have teachers watching and you just want to be on a team, the scariest we were was, um, not scared, but like when you really felt the pressure was before these improv specials, we were filming them, because we realized we've done thousands of shows and we've done a thousand we've done a lot of really good shows but it didn't matter none of it mattered whatever happened in the next 27 hours is all that mattered for these specials and mm. would be the only way for most of the world to see what we do so it's like that was like we're like holy shit what if we just suck the next two <laughs> nights what if we just suck then that's it like that's all that anybody would ever see that those that they'll think that whatever and i don't think we had any like of our best shows ever in those three but i was like as long as there's a good representation of what we do um mm-hmm. and I, I think that's kind of what it was It's like this is kind of represents what we do a little bit yeah
0: so i guess the advice is uh stage time grind it out and let go work right
1: work your butt off i always find the people like if you have talent and you mix it with working your ass off then uh, you know you get luckier you have to have a little bit of luck too yeah. Same with acting. You always want to get better, and that's the like. That's why you do a show next to John Malkovich and Steve Carell. You just want to learn and watch. Oh, you know what absolutely. I
0: mean? And and <laughs> every day of that show, I have to question myself. I'm like, I sucked, right? Okay, let's get better. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I noticed Steve every time after almost every take, he would go and monitor and watch himself and he talk to did, himself yeah. of what he did, if he did it right or wrong, and then said, "I need to do better here. I need to do better there." I was so impressed. I've never scene that was like oh my god and he's already my idol i was like i love you you're so good.
0: that's probably why he's so good he's so he's critical so uh, and we keep making every take better it's so great even at his greatness
1: when i did uh the standing up falling down movie or with billy chris or whatever i would go to the monitor after my takes to see how it was see what i can do different da-da-da. but when you're on a show like this and you're not like the lead of the show Mm -hmm. I can't waste people's time. Like, I wish I could go back and be like, or, you know, like Jimmy and I would often talk about like, I wish we had like one or two more takes just to go nuts. Um, But, you know, we had so little time to shoot um, that uh, I couldn't do it on this show unless Steve went. Then I would like, yeah, 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 yeah. go behind behind Steve
0: and be like, hey, let me see that. Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) But I could never be the guy being like, hey, run that back. Because if we went back and said that, the time would be over and we wouldn't even have time. We'd be moving on. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but I think the truly greats, even when we watch Steve or John killing it in a scene, they would never say themselves, "Yeah, I fucking killed that." You know, it just it oh, just would keep trying to improve, which is what makes them great in the first place. I believe. Yeah.
2: I didn't know. It, for me, was a surprise. You know, an actor like Steve Carad that has worked, I don't know, for how many years. I wasn't expecting him going to watch him. Like I thought, it was more like, oh. I'm sure that's great. Instead, as you guys are saying, so the humbleness. Yeah,
1: he he he's so good.
0: And he's so humble too. He um, is
1: so humble. Wait, can I ask one more question to Susie? Just because you yeah. so Jimmy and I can like be like, Who's your favorite stand up? Who's your favorite improviser? Who's Ooh. your favorite production designer where you'll look at something and be like, Holy shit, I like a, a sign of an act, uh, I, I find a compliment that I give sometimes to an actor is like, holy fucking shit, I could never do that. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a version of that for production design oh, that yeah. you look up to? There's
2: so many and every time I feel like a failure, I'm very... <laughs> bad towards myself.
1: Yeah, I've guaranteed Jimmy and I are the same way. Like, we'll be like, fuck, I'll never, I'm will i garbage. What <laughs> yeah. am I even doing here? When I watch John Malkovich, I want to quit.
2: Yeah, so I don't <laughs> say like, oh, I, I'm going to aim to that and I'm going to be that person too. It's going to be great and I get excited. No, I completely just bury myself after like layers and great. layers of misery. But, uh, I say Danny's Gassner and, uh, Ken Adams, Danny Gassner. What
1: have, what have they done? Just so, so we know. Dennis which Gassner
2: look- has done a million things. Uh, one of which is, uh, Blade Runner, the last one.
1: Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which to me mm. should
2: have won, uh, the Oscars that year. And, Who won uh, instead? Uh, uh, Shape of Water.
0: Oh, what a oh, hack. That was beautiful. Never heard of that I like guy. That movie. No, 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 that was a be- great movie. <laughs> beautiful movie. Uh,
2: yeah. no, for, for production design, I mean, it was beautiful as well. But to me, yeah, 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 Gessner did amazing, and uh, he uh, he's wonderful. Uh, he's genius, uh, and. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Ken Adams is uh, the guy that I used uh, as inspiration also for our show, and uh, he did a lot of Kubrick's movies and old mm-hmm.
0: James Bond. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah.
2: So it's wow. those are. Did real he do Space
0: Odyssey as well? Yes. Wow, oh my that's God. classic. Um, yeah.
2: So it's uh, you know those are. Geniuses, in my opinion, because again, like you have to do so many things, and at the time it was even harder than today, you didn't have a lot of the tricks that we have nowadays, so you have to get practical. Yep. So, the things mm-hmm. that they would do back in the day were really impressive. Like, they would build these miniatures or backings that looked incredible, they would yes. paint on glass and let the light filter through. like. It's really magic tricks. Uh, mm. in camera.
1: Jimmy, what about your what's your stand up, Jimmy? Who's your who are your one or two guys or girls that really were like, oh uh, Chappelle? I mean, absolutely. Yeah, I,
0: I grew up watching him and, and he it's one of those things, it's like honestly, like me watching John Malkovtion act, it seems effortless. But there is so much work behind that and so much genius behind that. Chappelle was one of them. And then when I saw George Lopez's early stand-up when I was in high school, that was a huge impact because of, you know, he's just so honest talking about just his family. Even though I'm not Latino, he's talking about his Latino auntie, and I was dying laughing. And I was like, oh. There's a lot of value in just sharing your own story because uh, there's universal relatability in everyone's Mm -hmm. stories and as long as you're telling the truth. So always those two uh, are always on top there. And, of course, all all these new guys coming in, you know, uh, that some of them I'm lucky enough to call my friend. So, uh, before we wrap the show, we're going to play a little clip. Uh, we can comment on it a little bit afterwards. Uh, And this is, I think, uh, one of our favorite scenes um, from the episode. It's me and you pitching the Secretary of Defense the new birthday
1: gift we got POTUS. That was so fun to do. So fun.
0: So let's take a listen. What is this? They said it was an emergency.
1: That's right. Mm -hmm. Because you're on the line with F. Tony Scarapiducci. With a birthday present for POTUS from Space Force. Yeah, what? A missile? Rocket? Well, sure, I'm missiles loud. Rocket's bright. But this? <laughs> this is 10 trillion times louder and brighter. It's a star. <laughs> 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 That's right, we are officially naming a star after him. Star? Like on starregistry.com? I got that from my grandkid last year. Hit him with a chan.
0: Ford X J160540 is a hypergiant. It has tremendous luminosities and for the next 20 billion years. No, no, and
2: this is what you want to give POTUS on the day India
1: whoops our ass? You are on my shit list, Scarapanucci, and what's that other guy's name? Whew. You nailed it, huh? That was close. He could see your face. The entire time. Why? Leaving does what? It's over. The whole thing's over.
0: <laughs> I love that scene because most yeah. of it lives in this two shot. And finally, like I, we get to play off of each other. Just uh, even, I got so much fun just listening to you in the beginning and just kinda, you know, being alive with you, it was so fun.
1: It's also an opportunity for your character to be excited and pumped. Like you went from not caring to being like you really want to succeed now, which I love to watch Chan, who's oftentimes like this the whole time, being like, yeah, "We did it, we had it." You know what I mean? I love And also that, you yeah. throwing it down like your first time being so excited and immediately being told you're a piece of shit. It was, <laughs> I, yes, know, I, yeah. It's just getting we did crushed. a bunch of deep. By the way, this is huge credit to D. D. Reese, the director, because she let us really play on that. She, she did. did. And then at the end, like, you ran away a bunch of times different ways, and you said different things before you're leaving. There's, and- like, a
0: fake Italian accent. I was trying to be, yes, I am a <laughs> Vincent something. It was, like, this really silly thing, yeah. that I, you know. Uh, but the running away was fun. Was that, that – that? I think that was your idea or Dee's idea? I don't or-
1: know. I, I just remember – I remember there's a part of that scene where I broke the board. She goes, this is the last take, so do whatever you want. I think I broke the board in one yes, of those Yes, 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 yes. Where, I, like – and so I didn't know, but, like, I go, fucking shit, and I break the board, and behind me it says, like – space is a hero whatever the what's the thing in the back what's the saying in the back Susie, of Uh that
2: space uh, love of space leads you yeah yes, love of space yes. leads
1: you, and it's literally i break this thing and i go fucking shit this job <laughs> sucks or whatever and then behind me it says love of
0: space leads you it was amazing it's so great i think and that was the first time i really get to kind of open up uh as chan you know instead yeah. of just being like a straight office uh uh uh, uh lab technician scientist uh so that was great well love that too. I loved it love it well thank you guys I love you guys and uh thanks for uh talking
1: to me
2: that was nice thank you was get
1: to hear it's like exciting to hear and we haven't like how often you get to go into like what Susie does I'm so excited that we got to hear that I, I thought that know. was very interesting I
2: have I've never done these two guys for me this is very exciting I learned a ton uh, from for improv and stand-up. I didn't even know there were like two completely separate categories in your vision. <laughs> yeah, from yeah. my side, yeah. you can do both whatever you feel like. Yeah, sure, of course. They're not. Yeah. So thank you, guys. It, there are some people that do
1: both, of
0: course. No, it's so cool. And and I think, I mean, some of my favorite parts is asking you guys, obviously the top of your game of behind the scenes and in front of scenes, just advice, you know. When
1: I was asking Allison Jones advice for young actors, oh. I mean, she gave a masterclass. That was really cool. Dude, I would listen to that. In a sec- Allison Jones is the casting director of this, but also The Office, Freaks and Geeks, Parks and Rec, Every Judd Apatow movie, all the comedy McKay movies. She did the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. She did Golden what? Girls. Yeah, she's, she's like amazing. how old is, is she?
2: Can I ask?
0: <laughs> I don't know. She she seems fairly young. I, I don't I don't know how old she actually. I don't.
1: Is. Her age is a mystery. Nobody age knows she her is. Her age. I was she just as I
2: imagined is very wise woman.
1: She's in, she's also so fucking funny. I'm so happy you had her on. She's so and I
0: asked I asked Greg and Steve advice. Uh, Steve's advice, very similar to yours, is just stage time. You know, just work hard, like get on stage however you can. And Greg gave some like really cool advice on writing, uh, and it's great. It's it's been honestly educational for myself. Amazing. Thank you guys. I appreciate this. This has been Inside Jokes Space Force. I'm your host Jimmy O Yang. Join us again for even more Space Force right here on the podcast.